When you stop and think about all that's going on today in the good old USA, you might think that there are only two sides to every story. With over 330 million citizens, there are actually many more sides to our American story. On this program, I provide you with a different point of view. Mine. This is The Truth Hurts, a program where I exercise my First Amendment right to free speech by providing you with information. Hopefully, you will absorb this knowledge, stop, and actually think about the issues, the facts, and the general state of our American story. I'm Steve Z, and this is the Truth Hurts Program. Welcome, O seekers of sincerity, wanters of wisdom, and searchers of truth. It is the Thursday, September 17th, 2020 edition of the Truth Hurts program, and I, your host, Steve Z, your vendor of veracity, validity, and verity, your applicator of authenticity and accuracy, your captain of candor and correct thinking, am here to impart knowledge wisdom, and a little bit of humor into what would otherwise be just another Thursday in the continuing disintegration of the untied states of America. And I'll have all of the day's doings for you right after this. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. More powerful than a double shot espresso and a bagel. Now what's much more important than informing you, the faithful Truth Hurts program audience, about issues integral to our nation's very survival? Well, there's not much more important. However, what about the who wore what on the carpet at the Academy of Country Music Awards last night? That's pretty important, right? I know all of our loyal listeners just can't wait to hear. What famous designer is responsible for Tay-Tay's khaki pants and red sequin top? Or whether Luke Bryant wore a Timberland or Bass Pro Shop shirt? Or how about which Goodwill donation bin did the boys from Florida Georgia Line choose to pillage last night? And of course, we should have told Miranda Lambert that you're supposed to dress like you are calf roping instead of dressing like a roped calf. Clint Black and his bride looked more like they were headed for a funeral than an award show, and Luke Combs looked like he just jumped off the flatbed of his own tow truck. And it looks like Morgan channeled his outer Billy Ray Cyrus last night in the the just-off-the-John-Deere look, mullet and all. Yes, boys and girls, this year's Academy of Country Music Awards show looked more, at some points, like an advertisement for the Anthony Fauci collection with boots and jeans-clad musicians donning face masks than a Democrat peaceful protest. Spread out between the Ryman Auditorium in downtown Nashville, the Opry Building off Riley Parkway, and the Bluebird Cafe, this year's crop of winners and losers looked less like a fashion show, which is a good thing, and more like what it was supposed to be, the Country Music Awards Show. So, as I say about the Oscars, the Emmys, the Tonys, the ESPYs, the VMAs, and the MTVs, and all those other award shows, who gives a damn? When the television networks decide to have the Firefighter of the Year Awards, the Policeman of the Year Awards, the Nurse of the Year, or the Cajun Navy Rescue Person of the Year Awards, 
Or how about the soldier, sailor, grunt, jarhead, ground pounder, puddle jumper, squid, zoomy, flyboy, bubblehead, swabby, and coasty awards? On that day, I will give a damn about award shows. Now think about it. Hollywood, the music industry, and so-called other entertainers and athlete organizations are the most self-serving, self-gratifying, self-awarding groups of self-centered, egotistical, spoiled, rotten people on planet Earth. So let's start out with the actors. Actors, remember, are people who get paid, many of them quite highly, to play pretend, to act like they are something they are certainly not. They're paid to make believe. Fairy tale stuff. And people pay extremely high prices to see these wannabes playing dress up. And each year, every year, they all get together and throw themselves an extravagant party. They get all dressed up and give each other prizes. And the public fawns over them, adores them, clamors over them, and follows them as if they're actually someone worth following. And the dumber people actually listen to the political views of people who are only famous because they play pretend. They'll read the lines written for them no matter who wrote those lines and no matter what those lines say, and they're doing it for a dollar. But the dumber people in America will listen to those pretenders and actually quote them as if the actor has the first damn clue about the real world in which those dumb followers reside. The actors will tell you that we should eliminate all guns, yet they're guarded by men with guns. The actors will tell you that we need to stop polluting and we should all drive a Prius or nothing at all. Yet they, the actors, tool around in Maybox and Bentleys and Ferraris and Lamborghinis. Those actors will tell you that air travel is bad and it pollutes. And they do so because their hero, Alexandria Ocasio Horseface Cortez, said so. Yet, those actors will take their own private jet from Hollywood to New York for an awards show. Those actors will tell you to give, give, give to some sham charity, you know, like the Clinton Foundation or the bowel movement, the Black Lives Matter movement. And in the same awards show speech, they accept a trophy for playing the part of a rapist or a murderer or a slave owner. They'll tell you that you should vilify police in the very same speech where they accept an award for playing a heroic police officer in a movie. Listen, actors... Play your damn role. Read your damn lines. Act for me, you trained monkeys. I want to see Tom Cruise jump off an airplane, not listen to him droning on about his religion or his politics. Smile pretty for me, Charlize Theron and Emma Stone. Nobody with real intelligence gives a damn what your thoughts are about the climate or the issue of police. Crack a joke for me, Kevin Hart. I don't care what you think about racism or poverty. You are paid to entertain me. That's all. Musicians are those who claim to be. First of all, I play music, guitar, bass, and drums, and I sing. But that does not make me an expert on world events, or national events, or even local events, or politics, or religion, or economics, or hunger, the climate, the weather, 
or hell, anything else for that matter. Just because I can pick up a guitar and bang out a few chords does not give me the sudden knowledge to be a sage purveyor of humanity's secrets. If you're going to accept an award for music, then stand there, thank your creator, your producer, your spouse, your writer, your supporting bandmates, the studio, and the record label, and then shut the hell up. I don't care about your cause. I don't care about your favorite color or your faithful dog. Oh, okay, maybe I do care a little about your faithful doggo. But other than playing your fiddle and singing me a song, I don't give a damn to hear anything else from you. You are paid to entertain me. That's all. Athletes. Ooh, you can run fast. You can chase a ball. You can catch a ball. You can throw a ball. You can kick a ball. Or you can even hit someone with a ball. So can most dogs. Great. You're good at doing a repetitive motion action. So is a dolphin. That does not make you a pillar of wisdom regarding political issues. That does not make you a sage cleric hero. It makes you an entertainer. So shut up and play the game that we're paying you to play. You are paid to entertain me. That's all. Of course, Americans who have become more and more and more and more bored with their own mundane workaday lives rely on these entertainers to distract their minds from the real issues in America. You know, real issues for real Americans. Yet, they use the entertainment provided by these actors, singers, dancers, ball bouncers, runners, and the like to mentally take them away from their own realities. Realities that we basically refuse to accept. Realities like the fact that while Morgan Freeman is only an actor, he's not the wise vice president who saves the world by reading a few lines from a cue card with his slight southern black drawl bathed in sultry tones. Realities like the fact that Drew Brees is not the great person he fooled many people into believing he was back when he refused to disrespect the American flag or to kneel during the national anthem. But now he proudly displays the name of a child rapist on his No Fun League helmet. Realities like the fact that you and I and your brother and your sister and your uncle and your aunt and your neighbor and your cousin and your co-worker and even that guy in the silver car that just passed you on the roadway are not millionaire actors, athletes, singers, or whatever. The fact is, you are all just another sheep in the flock. Yes, those actors and athletes and singers and dancers and entertainers are there to distract you from the reality that tonight, after your long, hard day at the job that you claim to love but secretly hate, you will go back to your average house or apartment and eat a normal meal, either alone or with normal people, You'll watch a little bit of distracting television, and you will go to sleep, hoping and praying that when you wake up again tomorrow morning, it will all still be there again, waiting for you, as it does each and every day. No helicopter will be waiting to whisk you away to some exotic foreign destination. 
No multi-million dollar yacht is docked outside waiting for you to board with cocktails poured and hors d'oeuvres on trays held by your butler. No corner office glass doors in the board of directors suite will be opened by the hot secretary with fawning junior executives standing ready to kiss your butt. No looking at your diamond-crested watch beneath the cufflinks of your Armani suit to ensure your 10 o'clock appointment of loyal clientele will be there on time. It's just another day. Now, instead of daydreaming about all the things that the few, and I do mean the few, the very extremely few American entertainers do get to enjoy, why don't you concentrate on being the best you that you can be? Remember, there is no other you. You are the only you out there. And without you, there's a big hole in the world. Trust me, I know. There's a you who is not there today, and missing that you can hurt like hell when you are not there. This is the Truth Hurts program. We'll be right back. Finally, someone is saying what you have been thinking. This is the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. The actual, factual information on the Wuhan, China novel coronavirus 2019 is finally starting to come out. The on-again, off-again mask mandates, the close-all small businesses unless we get caught getting our hair done, then it's okay to open some of them shenanigans, are finally being brought to the light, thanks in part to the Truth Hurts program and people like Tucker Carlson, the Hodge Twins, Todd Starnes, and many others are telling you about things that the mainstream leftist media does not want you to know. By now, you know the reason that the Wuhan China novel coronavirus 2019's name was changed to COVID-19, orchestrated by the World Health Organization and the Democrat media, so as to not affiliate the origin city and country to the virus. After all, that would be racist. What you may not know is that some in Congress actually wanted to make calling the pandemic names like the Kung Fu Flu or the China virus equal to saying the N-word because identifying the disease as the China flu might have caused some racial reprisal against Asians. This, boys and girls, is what your congressional representatives have focused on instead of worrying about getting the country back to normal. Way back in the history of the Wuhan China novel coronavirus 2019's early days, I'm talking way, way, way back to June of this year, the USA Today posted an article about President Donald Trump using the term Kung Flu. The article was definitely a hit piece targeted directly at the president, and it began... Donald Trump on Saturday used the racist term Kung Flu to describe COVID-19, sparking outrage online. The president, speaking in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at his first rally in three months, said of the virus, quote, It has more names than any disease in history. I can name Kung Flu. I can name 19 different versions of names, quote. His advisor at the time, Kellyanne Conway, back in March, called the term wrong and highly offensive when it was suggested a White House official had used that term in front of a Chinese-American CBS reporter. Where? 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 But 
Trump was using the term to laughter and cheers from his supporters at the rally on the Saturday night in Tulsa. Among those outraged by the comments was Captain America actor Chris Evans. Who gives a damn what an actor says? Didn't you just hear the last segment? Evans tweeted, Did the President of the United States just say Kung Flu at his rally? He made a racist joke. He made a racist joke to applause. I'm speechless. You can't be speechless, Chris Evans. You're speaking about it, moron. The coronavirus, which is believed to have originated in Wuhan, China, has been referred to by the president as the Wuhan virus and the Chinese virus. Well, no shit. It is a Wuhan, China virus. That's where it began. Remember, in the same lab that former resident Barack Hussein Obama visited, donated money to with your tax dollars? Hmm? The reference was not well received as dozens of people voiced their disgust on social media. Journalist Aaron Rupar said, Trump calls the virus Kung Flu and then says many call it a flu. So what? You know, they report all the negative, but they don't report the people who say, Yay! Trump's got it right. It is the Kung Fu Chinese flu. Reaction to Trump's comments at the rally was fierce as Twitter users assailed the president for using racist language. Trump has repeatedly criticized China and its handling of the coronavirus outbreak. A photo of his notes from a March press briefing shows a script had been amended so that the term coronavirus read Chinese virus. Who gives a damn? Trump told reporters at the White House that he used the description because the virus originated in the Wuhan province of China. China. And it's fact. It's not racist at all. It came from China. China. That's why it comes from China. China. I want to be accurate, he said during a press briefing. Weijia Zhang, a reporter from CBS Fake News, claimed in March that a White House official referred to the coronavirus as the Kung Flu right to her face. Zhang was born in China and raised in West Virginia. Yet, she did not identify the official. She mentioned the remark to Kellyanne Conway, the former counselor to the president. Conway said, of course, it's wrong, but I want to know the identity of the official. Of course, citing not wanting to reveal her sources, the lying Chinese woman, Weijia Zhang, declined to identify which White House official allegedly said the highly offensive remark. I call bullshit. I called it then. I call it now. This is the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. Republican Congressman Louie Gohmert from Texas said on Wednesday that if you get past all the noise and a latest book aimed at damaging President Trump, you would see that the president is running a clinic on how to achieve peace in the Middle East through a new and effective approach. The mainstream leftist media has done its best to downplay Trump's remarkable achievement this week after Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates agreed to normalize relations with Israel. During an interview with the Todd Starnes show, Representative Gohmert said, quote, 
the president is getting amazing things done. For all the problems that were created in the Middle East by the Obama administration, we had Arab allied countries in the Middle East that were begging the Obama administration to not cut a deal with Iran because that meant it was going to be a bigger threat to them, unquote. Gohmert stated that the Obama's national security experts ignored those requests because they assumed that in order to achieve peace in the Middle East, it would have to start with Israel's relationship with Iran or Palestine. They, of course, were wrong. This president comes along and he has figured out that the trick is not just to go and negotiate with the Palestinians. The trick is not to just go negotiate with the Iranians. What you do is... You make deals with our friends in the region, and then you build up pressure. I know the media has ignored this, and shame on them, because this could just have an incredible and profound impact on the future and peace in the Middle East, Gomert said. And it's true, boys and girls. I've been on this planet a long time, and I don't remember one single time in my lifetime where an actual peace process plan or proposal in the Middle East actually worked when it was brokered by any U.S. president. Not one. They all talked about it. Nixon, Ford, Carter, Bush 1 and 2, Clinton, Obama. None of those presidents, Democrat or Republican, have ever come even close to this major peace accomplishment by Donald Trump in the Middle East. And the mainstream leftist media? <laughs> they brushed it off like a piece of lint on their lapel because it was Donald Trump who achieved this monumental, historic, and unprecedented brokerage of peace in the Middle East. It's played off as, quote, no big deal, unquote. But if the savior of the world, you know, the magnanimous orator Barack Hussein Obama, had done this very same thing... The media would be all over this with wall-to-wall, 24-7 coverage. There would be non-stop coverage of Obama speaking to the United Nations, heralding the achievement, and accepting a Nobel Peace Prize. And the media would be going gaga with googly eyes over Barack Hussein Obama. There would be story after story in New York showing Jews and Arabs sitting in a circle singing Kumbaya, drinking a Coke, and dancing with polar bears. Charlie Brown and Snoopy would be dancing merrily. The cast of Friends would come back together. They might even make a new Star Wars movie with Obama as the leader of the universe. You'd be seeing TBS playing that Adam Sandler flop, You Don't Mess With The Zohan. There'd be marathons of that. You'd see gropey Joe Biden covering up his hair plugs with a 99-cent borrowed yarmulke, while Barack Hussein Obama would be wearing his authentic Muslim ceremonial gutra. You know, the towel. The two of them, asshats in their own rights, would be smiling on camera. They would embrace, and Joe Biden would be whispering to Barack, why, why, why are we here? Did I, did I do something good today? Where are all the little girls? How come the women are all covering their hair with towels? I want to sniff some hair today. Where are we? Who are you again, black man? Nope. This incredible, unprecedented, never-before-achieved-in-the-history-of-the-world establishment of diplomatic relations between nations who have been at war since any of us can remember was basically ignored by the media. Because Trump. Because Trump fostered the deal. Because Trump did it. Because 
Trump, not Barack the Muslim, not Joe the Groper, because Trump. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. And this in from the Associated Depressed, an 85-year-old man was stabbed to death inside a southern Michigan supermarket, but his attacker was unable to flee because a woman who witnessed the attack held him at gunpoint until police arrived. A newspaper article reports that the victim was stabbed multiple times in the head and neck Wednesday in the afternoon at a Meyer store in Adrian. He died at the scene. Adrian Police Chief Vincent Emmerich says the woman with a handgun ordered the 29-year-old suspect to the floor and held him there until officers took him into custody. It's turning around, people. I kid you not. Sooner or later, criminals are going to get the message. Okay, criminals are stupid, so they probably won't. The people who make stupid comments that cops know what they're signing up for so we shouldn't be upset when a cop gets killed or hurt are the same mental midgets who refuse to accept the fact that if a criminal dies while committing a crime, they, the criminals, knew what they were signing up for when they committed those crimes. Double standard much? Steve Z is saying what you know you have been thinking, but with a really cool DJ voice. Attorney General William Barr was once loved by the mainstream media, but when he became Trump's Attorney General, all of that changed. Barr accused the Black Lives Matter movement of using the issue of black people being shot by police as a tool for a larger political agenda instead of sincerely trying to help those they claim to support. At an event hosted by Hillsdale College in Michigan on Wednesday, Barr was asked about the relationship between the rule of law and economic prosperity. That led to a discussion of crime, and Barr's claim that while the concept of Black Lives Matter cannot be argued against, and it really can't, the organization using that slogan has actually got little interest in making black lives better. Barr says he does not believe there is systemic racism in U.S. policing, and I and most intelligent people agree. It's not a systematic black person hunt. Barr says, quote, the rule of law is the foundation of civilization, including economic prosperity. And that's why these so-called Black Lives Matter people, now that as a proposition, who can quarrel with the proposition Black Lives Matter? But they're not interested in black lives. They're interested in props. A small number of blacks were killed by police during conflicts with police, usually less than a dozen a year, who they can use as props to achieve a much broader political agenda, unquote. Barr contrasted that with his own position, which he said is, quote, not only keeping people alive, but having prosperity and flourishing in their communities, unquote. He claimed that most deaths in the inner city of young black males below the age of 44, the leading cause of death is by being shot by another black person. And that's a crime. Ultimately, he said, combating crime is key to improving lives. He says, the left likes to talk about dealing with the root causes, but all their solutions depend on peaceful streets at the end of the day. You know, 
education, after-school activities, all this stuff depends on peace. If your school is run by a gang, it's not going to get you anywhere. And so, as I say, the foundation of all human progress is the rule of law. Throughout the months and months of protests and violent demonstrations following the death of the criminal George Floyd in Minneapolis way back in May, and other incidents involving police killings or shooting of black Americans, Barr has rejected the idea that there is systemic racism plaguing the criminal justice system. And he is absolutely correct. If that were the case, we'd have much more than a dozen black people who resist arrest or attack cops killed each year. The death toll would be in the thousands, the tens of thousands, or even the hundreds of thousands, if cops were simply out hunting black guys. At a July House Judiciary Committee hearing, Attorney General Barr said it was, quote, understandable, unquote, that African Americans harbored distrust towards the police and acknowledged perceptions of bias during police encounters. But at the same time, he says, I think it would be an oversimplification to treat the problem as rooted in some deep-seated racism generally infecting our police departments. Bill Barr, ladies and gentlemen, a very intelligent and wise and correct analysis of the situation. In my analysis, it goes like this. If you commit a crime, you are putting yourself at risk of either being arrested or shot because you are committing a crime. If you fail to follow the lawful orders of a police officer, you risk being injured or killed. If you attack a cop, you risk being injured or killed. If you resist arrest, you risk being injured or killed. If you refuse to take your hands out of your pockets, a police officer must presume that you are carrying a weapon which might harm or kill him. So he is going to do what he needs to do to subdue your criminal ass. And if you get injured or killed in the process, you should have listened to what you were being told. The answer is simple. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, Russian, Martian. It doesn't matter. If you refuse to obey the laws of our nation, you will be punished for your crimes. I would love to have some of these thug animal criminals spend one day doing what they do here over in China or Russia or Venezuela or any other country for that matter that professes socialism, communism, Marxism. You would not last a day on the street and you certainly would not have the level of protests supporting your criminal thug lifestyle as you do here in the good old U.S. of A. In fact, in those countries, you would be shot, thrown in the back of the dumpster, and placed out with the rest of the garbage where you belong. A quick wit, a massive vocabulary, a history of telling it like it is. This is the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. That's going to do it for the morning edition of the Truth Hurts program for your Thursday, September 17, 2020. I sincerely hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe out there 
and we'll see you next time. Well, hi and howdy, everyone. This here is the Colonel. You know which Colonel. I can't say my full name on account of I don't want to get sued. But it's me, y'all. The guy who's been licking my fingers over fried chicken since 1952. Well, by now, y'all have all heard the rumors, and guess what? They're true. Starting now, we're no longer able to call our chicken finger-licking good. One group said it was offensive in an era of the Kung Fu Wuhan flu, and nobody should be a-licking anything right now. Such a shame. There's nothing quite like licking a finger. After licking a leg, I always say. <laughs> then another group says we're just plain racist for promoting fried chicken in general in the year 2020. Hell, we might as well close up shop. Lock up our 11 spices and our herbs. Quit plucking, quit a frying. Hell, everything else is shutting down, so why not us? <laughs> anyway, this here's the Colonel saying bye-bye to all our fans. It's been real, it's been fun, but you know what? Lately, it ain't been real fun. Now go take your coin shortage elsewhere. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. Thank you for listening. We hope that this presentation has enlightened you to the things that may have been hidden from you. This is where we bring darkness to light, turn fiction into reality, and exercise our First Amendment right to free speech. Here is where the double standard is exposed and displayed for all to see. We sincerely hope that we've helped you to open your eyes to what's going on in the real world. The Truth Hurts program is produced at Studio 63 in Bayou Country in affiliation with Steve Knight Productions. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. No animals were harmed in the making of this program. It is fact. It is real. It is truth. And sometimes, the truth hurts. <laughs>